Jesus said, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be subject to judgment. But I say to you all that if you are angry with a sister or brother, you will be liable to judgment. And you will call us, and if you call a sister or brother an idiot, you'll be subject to the council. And if you say you fool, you'll be subject to the hell of fire. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your sister or brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and first go be reconciled to your sister or brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to favorable favorable terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way with them, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the court officer, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. All right, so for our first Lectio Liberatio, I think I'm saying that right, liberation reading, for the first three, it's just going to be, you're going to sit with the question silently. Um, and then after the third question, we will have some time to share. So our first question, belong. What is the conflict and or change in the text? Who, what in the text, text connects to the story of your family community of origin? From that Matthew 5 text. All right, and our next question, you can make it pop up there, Brian. I'll read it again. Okay. Jesus said, you've heard it said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be subject to judgment. But I say to you all that if you're angry with a sister or brother, you'll be liable to judgment. And if you call a sister or brother an idiot, you'll be subject to the council. And if you say you fool, you'll be subject to the hell of fire. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your sister or brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. 
First be reconciled to your sister or brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to favorable terms quickly with your accuser while you're on the way with them, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the court officer, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you've paid the last penny. All right, and then I think a second question should come up, Brian. There we go. Be bold. We're going to do the same thing. We'll take a couple minutes to sit with this question. What policies and cultural norms is the text resisting or calling us to resist? All right, one more time. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be subject to judgment. But I say to you all that if you're angry with a sister or brother, you will be liable to judgment. And if you call a sister or brother an idiot, you'll be subject to the council. And if you say you fool, you will be subject to the hell of fire. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your sister or brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your sister or brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to favorable terms quickly with your accuser while you're on the way with them, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the court officer and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. All right, then our third question should pop up become what vision of healing and liberation does the text call for so we'll sit with that for a couple minutes and then we'll have some share time
All right, let me say a little prayer as we just oh, go back around so we can see the questions. Lord, bless our discussion as we reflect on this text and what it means to um, examine it, to examine belonging, being bold, becoming um, through this story. Amen. Let's start with belong. What what were you sitting with in this question? Questions. Guess what else? I think so. How about okay? Yeah. Um, I guess kind of the thing that I was thinking about with it is it felt like it was talking about um the importance of like um your relationship with others, your heart toward others, um that kind of thing that seemed to be like so that's what I was thinking about, just reflecting on that. Yeah, I agree. I was reading through this on my phone as we were kind of thinking through the questions and it seems like Jesus is trying to move here from a, a posture of like rigid, uh, adherence to a set of rules, um, from the Old Testament towards a more relational way of being and connecting with people and guidance. I find some of this, this is one of these ones where I feel like a deeper dive of study and understanding of the culture and the, you know, basically the context of this passage of what this meant to the people in that time uh, is worthwhile here because it also is very, it's hard for me to, to fully unpack the meaning of some of the things that he's saying just in reading the text, because it's, it's a little inscrutable to me uh, sitting here in 2023, trying to think about exactly what it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that too. Are we talking about kind of like some of the stories about owing someone money for some crops? Or are we talking about like hardcore wrongs? Like what? Because it's very um optimistic. I feel like when I, when I think about really grasping what he was talking about here. Yeah, there was a footnote um, to verse 22, the part that, where it says, but I tell you that anyone who's angry with a brother or sister um, there was a footnote on my little app that says some manuscripts say brother or sister without cause. And so then I was kind of thinking through that and it was just like, okay, someone, you know, if you are just having a posture of just being angry and just sitting in your anger and your conflict, um, with someone and not opening yourself to connection or seeing their humanity, if you're seeing them as an object, um, if that is the posture that you're moving towards, I don't know that, that unlocked that little 
sentence that piece of advice mm-hmm. for me a little bit more um, of understanding. Okay. It's, it's not about, Oh, just, which is kind of the background. I, I, I probably grew up in of just like, just go out. And if you're a really good Christian, like you'll just like not have conflict with anyone. Like it's possible to right. exist in the world without conflict. You're just not doing it right. Right. <laughs> too difficult. Right. And um <clears throat> this one, I don't know, at least, and, and maybe, you know, we could unpack at some point to agree or disagree with that footnote, but having that bit of insight of, you know, makes me think of, okay, if, because we see this, I think in our world around us of, of finding ourselves in a place where we are just bitter or angry or closed off to the outside world. I am, um, Val and I were scrolling, what was that Friday night for a movie to watch? And, um, the story uh, or the movie, a man called Otto, which from the book, a man called Uva um, came up and we haven't seen the movie yet, but I've read the book, but th- he embodies that he is a grumpy old man mm-hmm. who feels that the joy has gone out of this world. And the only option left is to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of all that know the story, it's about joy finding its way back into his life in unexpected ways. Um, and when I think about that, I think I maybe understand that verse for me a little bit better. Yeah. I will, the, every single time you read it and Brian, can you move it to where I can see the text again? Okay. Then go one more and one more. (laughs) Okay. This one where it kept this little area where it says come to favorable terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way with them or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the court officer and you'll be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. And it kept popping into my mind, almost this idea of not that, not of literally being like, well, well, now I'm in prison and I have this huge debt to pay. But again, this idea of like bitterness and my thought of like the accuser is sort of basically anybody that you have conflict with, but it could be ranging in things, you know, from, I just don't agree with this person to like, this person has hurt me deeply. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and this kept popping up into my mind, this idea of like, I don't like the word quickly in there, but like about coming to terms with your accuser and it's almost like, or else you will be like, stuck in this prison and I thought about it in a case of like when you have bitterness that just sort of like takes root inside you and lives and grows it becomes this prison that the more and more it grows I mean the more and more you end up paying for it Mm -hmm. until you have paid everything for it And it's this like tension for me of like, I always struggle with this tension of like, like sort of like justice and love basically, right? Like if someone really has wronged you, you're like, they should receive justice. I'm justified in my anger and my bitterness towards them. And yet there's also this like, but if I hold on to that, I'm just imprisoning my, I, it's imprisoning myself. It's very, I, I, this is always difficult for me to hold, but that 
this section of the reading, literally every time you read it, just kept coming up back to me. And I think I like the translation just like, cause in other translations, it talks about like your adversary, like someone taking you to court. And I just feel like it, I didn't, it didn't resonate with me in the same way this one did, but yeah, I found that. And to me, sorry to move us slightly to question two, but to me, I was like, I feel like the thing that it's pushing against is like, Hey, don't hold, don't hold on to this bitterness. Even when you have all the legitimate reasons too. like, it's not good for you. Yeah. Bell, just like someone said this to me recently. I can't remember if it was one in some of our discussions or what, but like, or it came up somewhere, but like they were talking about, um, like forgiveness being for the forgiver. It's not really for the forgiven, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's for the forgiveness benefits the person that is forgiving. Um, and that also kind of connects with this idea. Like I, a few years ago, I was listening to NPR and someone was, was talking about like what it means to apologize and what makes a good apology and what doesn't. And what struck me about that is, um, is like, uh, it's about like confessing to the, like, you know, acknowledging your wrongdoing and either making amends or at least offering to make amends to right things, which connects to this. But, um, you know, they, a key point there was like, you may ask for forgiveness, but you're not owed forgiveness, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's like when you're making the apology, part of it has to be that you're okay with them. Not, I mean, like they don't have to forgive you. You're not owed forgiveness just because you try to make things right. Mm -hmm. And that's important for me to remember too. What what do you, you can feel free to move on to whatever you thought about be bold or become. I think as, as Val's having us go through that slide again, I'm thinking it's interesting the languages because I, I read it. When I read it, I'm putting myself in the place of having been done wrong. But the text says, come to terms quickly with your accuser or they may hand you over to the judge. Like he's speaking to people, not as like how to handle when you've been wrong, but when you're the person doing the wrong which is interesting that's not the framework i read this from Uh and i don't know if that's because maybe a more commonly read text phrases it differently or it's like oh he's talking about me like even when i'm reading that i was still reading it that same way of like the accuser like it's like the allegations you say this but actually like i'm the one in the wrong yeah i think that's very interesting this is just a very subtle note. I really like that this translation puts sister mm-hmm. in front of brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that was just something that I noticed. Yep. What vision of healing and liberation you'd like this calls forth? Yeah, this is 
the second time we've done this exercise with a, you know, we did it last week too. And I, I like it because it challenges me to think about text, uh, in a new way, which is the, the point of it. Um, and so I've enjoyed our discussion already of like, cause this is a, this whole stretch is very like to read, um, through here is even, you know, if you scroll up or you look before and after on the verses, it's, it's like a very judgy Jesus or like very, like, I don't, there's tension in these words for me at, at a surface level. If you're just sort of like, I'm just going to read this and just like let the first reading of the passage you know, sort of wash over me. And it feels very like, oh, we're talking about, you know, debtors and not getting out till paying the last pen, you know, penny and fires of hell and judgment. And, you know, there's the verse right after this, uh, not to, to expand our scope is the whole, you know, adultery and just even looking at a woman is to commit adultery. And that's a very like tricky passage, uh, unto itself, you know, without context, but, um, Sitting here and unpacking it, I'm enjoying kind of the the direction of our discussion so far of understanding this is, I think, a message uh, about introspection of mm-hmm. understanding your own um, mental hurdles, whether it's, uh, you know, if you're in conflict with someone and you're going to this inevitable conclusion, understand what ways you're in the wrong. Don't be so stubborn or hard headed, yeah. uh, as to just charge forward to the inevitable conclusion, you know, which may be, you know, in his example, uh, in Jesus' example, getting thrown in jail and not getting out till you pay the last penny type of thing, but understand like basically, you know, as they say, it takes two people to make conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if your, your disposition is only such of looking at the fault in someone else and not seeing your own, um, to me, as I read this, yeah, it's a, it's a invitation to be reflective mm-hmm. of our own, um, agency and how we get into, uh, difficult situations. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I like that. So for me, the healing and liberation part is, is, you know, that invitation to come there. I was thinking about bitterness and, you know, there's that, that saying, um, you know, something to the effect of holding on to bitterness is like, eating poison and expecting it to kill your enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's, I think maybe similar, you know, of what Jesus is saying here in a sense. And um, yeah, bitterness or anger or a lot of these big emotions that he's talking about can feel uh, when we wrap ourselves in that blanket, it can feel really comfortable mm-hmm. uh, to be angry or bitter mm-hmm. um, or so convinced in a conflict that I'm right, that I'm like, well, let's go to court bring yeah, it you know it. yeah um and you know in those moments we need the self-awareness to go okay well, how am i you know how is my agency of how i'm conducting myself my posture of you know how i am being in the universe uh how is it intersecting with this event uh, yeah. and understanding that we yeah. have responsibility in that yeah I've been watching the Murdoch murders on, on Netflix and it's, it's just such an unbelievable story of you're like, at some point these were just people and now like they're barely people like they're just like vessels of, I mean, evil I sounds so that. dramatic, but yeah. just like, how did you go from just being a person to truly having no conscience about what you do? And 
when some of the family members were killed, the police came to the parents of people who had been killed by this family and said, you know, you'll be a suspect as someone who's been bitter about your child dying and somehow involved, you know, related to these people. And, you know, one of the girl's dads is like, you know, that was, was a fair concern because it's crossed my mind. And in the end, I knew that wouldn't bring me any relief. Um, that and patiently waiting for justice to sort itself out and even and because I take this story to consideration I think even at the moment where they are now finally facing some sort of justice for something um they're not sorry and they're not admitting or there's no they're still trying to buy their way out of the system um, still trying to blackmail people to get out of the system and so you just think me I'm like when you this takes into account I think a soft level of wrong and, and a, I guess that, cause it says be reconciled. You're like, man, it takes two to, in conflict, it takes two to reconcile. And I remember being afraid reading this passage when I growing up, like, oh man, if like, if I'm still mad at my brother about something, or if somebody really did me something wrong and they're not willing to make it right, I'm going to burn in the hellfires. Like that felt really uncomfortable. And so I do wonder did Jesus mean more of an emotional prison and not like literally, if you can't forgive someone who wasn't sorry, you'll burn. And, you know, I don't know. There's so many questions about the layers of how deep this goes, who he was. I would love to know more of who, what context was he talking? Well, and I think, um, I think a lot of times with, um, like with forgiveness, we think that in order to have forgiven someone or be forgiven, we have to have no feelings or somatic responses to that story or event. And I really think that is a lie. I think it is normal and natural to say like, I forgive you or I've been forgiven and to still sometimes feel all the rushes that come with anger, Mm -hmm. sadness, like, I think Mm -hmm. just, I think sometimes we buy into this lie of like, I have feelings. That means I have, that means I haven't done it. Like I think about, this is a small example, especially in comparison to uh, the stories about murder. Um, But, uh, and I know I'm pretty sure I've shared this before after Eloise was born, I had a very difficult relationship with my mother-in-law. Um, we were really butting heads. We were not getting along and I held a lot of anger towards her. And I, I felt like things that she were doing were not her place. And just that I felt like she was in the wrong very strongly. And even telling the story, I can feel the visceral feelings mm-hmm. that come with it. Mm-hmm. Um, And I remember I was at my best friend's house, um, from college and I had been just sort of like airing my grievances to her. And she said something about like, maybe you should forgive her or whatever. And I was so worked up and I was like, she's not sorry. She's not sorry for what she's doing. And my friend just very quietly said, but that's not what forgiveness is about. And I was like, <laughs> that's not what I came here for. yeah. And then I was like, 
I hate you and I love you. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, and since then, like my mother-in-law and I have reconciled and there has been on both parts, things that I have said, I am sorry for this. And she has said, I am sorry for that. And I do feel like, I feel like I have forgiven her and I feel like she has forgiven me. And yet I can bring up this story and I can very quickly want to go to like, mm-hmm. let me list off all the examples mm-hmm. and I can feel that anger and that need to be justified in it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think like, I really think that's a lie to be like, oh, that means I'm still in that place mm-hmm. or I haven't, I think it's like, no, I'm a, that's a normal yeah. human response to these things. Yeah. And someday it may be like that. Yeah. And it's okay that it's not yet. Yeah. And, and yeah, maybe with time it might be, mm-hmm. and maybe it won't, but yeah. either one is okay. Either one. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ryan, can you put our fourth question up there? Mm-hmm. Be still. What is the text calling you to pay attention to in yourself to more fully support this resistance and vision? That feels really personal. (laughs) (laughs) Let's sit with that for a minute or two. What is the text calling you to pay attention to in yourself to more fully support this resistance and vision?
Lord, this is a difficult passage to sit with because um, we want to be the accuser and never the person in the wrong. Um, we think of ourselves in ways um, sometimes maybe we ought to um, think of ourselves more humbly and um, how humbling it is to sit on both sides of this text um, and to need continual forgiveness and grace and mercy from you um, and how it feels to offer that when we've been like really wronged and we're even just, you know, low key annoyed wrong um, and the way that even those little things can throw our days off. Um, God, to see your vision of justice and restoration um, as a way of breaking free from things that keep us in bondage, Lord, whether it's emotional or psychological hell that we sit in when um, we are at odds with other people, um, when things are in jest, when things are broken, when we've been wronged and when we've done wrong and we can't bring ourselves to say it or make it right out of pride or shame um, or ignorance. Uh, God, would you keep this text um, in our minds and in our hearts that we could um, go through conflict and times of injustice with humility, with courage to um, see others and to see ourselves um, in light of your justice and in your mercy. Um, God, not so that things are just easy and happy-go-lucky and um, and just you know shallow levels of reconciliation, but so that we can sit with the truth of what you've done for us and what you have to offer us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.